It's time for the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast, featuring Jonathan Ritz, Alex Huff, and Braden Crow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Average Pros Podcast Start Sit Edition. It is not your normal host of Jonathan Rates, but it is instead Alex Huff here with my good friend Braden Crow. Braden, how you doing? We had a Thursday night football game last night. Did you catch any of it? If you did, what were your takeaways? I did get to watch some of it. Um, I I watched enough um, to kind of understand what happened. Uh, it was it was a little bit better um, than the other Thursday night games we're used to, uh, but still a little bit disappointing. Um, you know, I, I think everyone wanted this to be a get right game for the Bucks. Everyone kind of expected that. Um, and everyone kind of expected the Ravens to get right too a little bit. Um, Gus Edwards looked good in week seven. We were excited for what that could look like in week eight. Um, but really the biggest, the biggest, one of the biggest stories line storylines to me would be the Andrews Bateman and Gus Edwards injuries. Um, this is just really tough for Baltimore. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, be watching the roster moves they make as a team. Um, if they, if they make a trade for a wide receiver or a running back that, that tells us a lot. If they, um, call someone up from the practice squad or whatever, just whatever happens, we're going to be able to see how severe these injuries are based on those moves. So that was, that was definitely one. Um, but, but Alex, what was your take on the bucks and, and Brady specifically? Yeah. So in case, you listeners didn't get to catch it or got to catch part of it. The Ravens bested the Buccaneers 27-22, and the Buccaneers never really seemed to get their footing. So I guess from a Buccaneers perspective, I I didn't really have a concern with Chris Godwin or Mike Evans. I don't know if, if you felt the same way there, but those those two, they got their targets. Mike Evans felt like he was the rece- recipient of every Tom Brady throw um, he seemed to be everywhere. Chris Godwin, they had a touchdown opportunity. There was a, a kind of a wheel route and it got called back before um, anything was able to happen, but it was a, it was a clear Godwin touchdown. So those two don't necessarily concern me at this point. Yeah. I'm not concerned about them. And Evan's got a ton of looks in the red zone. I mean, there, I, I saw and probably about the quarter and a half total that I watched the game. Uh, Evans had like three red zone targets that didn't amount to anything. So he got super involved, but you know, I think the story is the running game and the running game is a, is a, is a problem in Tampa Bay and it's causing a, it's causing Tampa Bay to be very um, one dimensional. And there, there, I mean, there's no play action for Brady. He, he can't, he can't use that to his advantage. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, I don't know about I watched so I did get to watch every snap and Leonard Fournette does not look bad necessarily, which is makes this whole situation kind of confusing. You and I specifically, um, Jonathan to an extent, have been really high on Rashad White. And while I have him in every league I can get him, he's arguably one of the highest ceiling handcuffs. He just looks phenomenal. I was making the comment to you before the show that it felt like Rashad White was out on every play. Now, I think the snaps Leonard Fournette still bested him, but it felt like Rashad White was always out. And every time Rashad White got some space, he exploded. And so 
I think you're right. The running game is a concern, but I think it's just the split backfield makes it hard that him and Rashad White and Leonard Fournette kind of do different things. And so it just feels like the Bucks haven't figured out how to implement this new committee and know how to do it well because last year, you know, they had the bell cow Fournette going through, you know, just kind of through the holes behind the tackles and, and everything seemed to kind of work out, but you're right. Like they don't seem to be using Rashad white in that same, to the same degree when they really could be. And so I don't know. I, I think we've have enough history with Tom Brady to say that this offense will bounce back eventually, but there's also a chance that this is just how the bucks are for the foreseeable future. And maybe into this, the rest of this year, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to really try to buy low on any of these bucks. Yeah, I um I'm still buying low on Godwin for sure. Um same. So and and really Rashad White. Like if he's on any waiver wire, I'm grabbing him. Um, you know, if you're doing a trade, like use him as like a, a throw in piece. Like, hey, like if you add Rashad White, I'll do it. And there, like people will gladly do that because the the points like that is showing up on the bench with him isn't a ton, but we kind of know at this point with the way fantasy football works is like if a starting asset is not getting the job done, there's going to be some changes happening. And so, um, you know, Rashad White, his snap percentage was down a little bit compared to week seven. Um, but he was still on the field at least a third of the time. And he was in, he was in, um, uh, it was like too little too late. He, he got into the game more in, in the third and fourth quarters. So, yeah. Um, and, and for this, so I guess acquire Rashad wide, if you can, um, all it takes is a Leonard Fournette injury or, I doubt there'll be a benching, but real quick, we got to get into a lot of stuff for, for week eight, but um, I'll just kind of briefly go over the Ravens really quick. Lamar Jackson had a good bounce back performance. He's had a couple down weeks. It was good to see him kind of do his thing. Isaiah likely is probably the only name notable that really popped off with all the, the receiving core injuries. Um, if he's around come Tuesday on your waivers, he'd be a good ad. You're not dropping or benching Mark Andrews as long as he's healthy. We're, we're waiting to see what the diagnosis is. Rashad Bateman, uh, if if you don't have an IR spot and he's out for they, – they go on bye in week 10, so he's out probably next week. They go on bye in week 10. He really hasn't done anything notable. Yeah, outside three of the first weeks. Couple, outside of the first – yeah. And so I'm okay dropping him if there's some big names on waivers. Um, Gus Edwards, too, same thing. It's – He's had one good week, and the week that he had was really supported by two touchdowns. So if you need help and he's clogging up your bench, um, I mean, it just doesn't look like we're going to know who's going to be the the primary ball carrier in Baltimore going forward. And that is a – I mean, if you can't bank on it in fantasy, it's it's hard to hard to use it. So, Yeah, I, I totally agree. Likely is very interesting. I hope that Andrews doesn't miss a lot of time, but – but they loved going Likely's way. To be honest, like with these injuries, and even if they are back, they're going to be banged up. I would not be shocked to see Baltimore make a deal for another wide receiver at the deadline. And it may not be someone super flashy, but I mean, they have to do something. They're now five and three. So they yeah. they kind of have their they kind of command their own destiny getting into the playoffs. And I think that they have to make a move like that because because Devin Duvernay is not the answer. I love him, hook him, but I don't think that he's don't think that he's the answer necessarily for sure. So anyway, 
Overall, good Thursday night game, better than the last couple of weeks, but let's get into week eight. So there's a couple key players, um, kind of three categories here. I'll I'll list them. I'll give you a chance to comment on them really quick, and then we'll move to the next one and just kind of get to the start-sit decisions that people probably are tuning in for. Uh, appears good to go are Elmon Ross St. Brown. Obviously, it's a concern always, but you know, same with you can put DeAndre Swift in that category. He's yep, clear to go. Full. Yep. And then Daryl Henderson uh, was out most of the week with an illness, and it looks like he's back, ready to go. Do you have any concern with those guys? I think I think they're pretty much all starts if you have them. Yeah, I feel fine. Um, I, I feel the least – I think they will all play. I feel the least fine about Henderson. They're playing the 49ers. Um, the Rams have been linked to trading for a running back. Obviously, I don't think it's going to happen before the game on Sunday. But if they keep talking about trading for a running back, they obviously don't love Henderson. So um, I think that if you can pivot, be thinking about those options. For sure. Um, So a couple guys who look to be out as of Friday at 324 p.m. when we are recording. Ezekiel Elliott, we kind of knew this one was coming. If you have Tony Pollard, it is wheels up against a terrible Chicago defense. Jamar Chase, the news broke yesterday. Hip injury out for four to six weeks. I've seen estimates five to seven weeks. I've seen kind of tweets and memes that he is expected to heal quicker than the average person. So all over the map, but we do not have him this week for sure. Chuba Hubbard. Has he been fully declared out or is he, is it still speculative? Yeah, he's officially out. So um, Deonta Foreman is definitely going to be someone we want to talk about in this start sit thing. Yeah. So he's out. Uh, James Connor this afternoon is officially, officially out. out. Uh, Alan Lazard. And I think Michael Thomas is in the doubtful category right now, but he just, he just got declared out as well as well as Jarvis Landry. So they are both out again. If you have those guys, get them out of your rosters. I think guys we said we're worried about um, Debo Samuel. There's a lot of concern here. Um, I'm personally worried with my Debo shares. And then DK Metcalf, I'd be shocked if he plays. Yeah, agreed. They both didn't practice today. Um, so they have, they, DK has not practiced. He has not done anything physically since he was hurt on Sunday. And Debo um, has missed three straight days of practice. And so no one's been declared out yet, um, but there's definitely some concern there. Um, And then really the last person, um, it's not as big as these guys, but Dalton Schultz um, hurt his knee and um, he practiced limited. And so we don't know, um, we don't have any answers right now on if he's going to play, if he is officially out, but he he just practice limited. So if you only have Dalton Schultz on um, as the only tight end on your roster, you just want to be watching out because if the Cowboys don't have Schultz and he's out, you got to, you got to pivot to a tight end um, somewhere else. So just be watching Schultz, see if they rule him out. Um, but I'm in that situation on one of my teams. Yeah. So some, some tough injuries. We know the chaos with the NFL season um, comes like this every year. We know it's probably not done. So just pivot, keep adapting, and uh, let's let's get into the start sits. So probably the most controversial position on a week-to-week basis when it comes to start-sit decisions is the running back position. So 
We know with the Zeke injury, Tony Pollard is slated to start. Chicago is a juicy running back matchup. Dak Prescott's there, full health. Outside of Dalton Schultz, the Cowboys offense looks like a go. Braden, how many running backs are you starting over Tony Pollard? If you have had Tony Pollard, you're sitting on him, you're waiting on him. I guess let's put a better say it a better way. Who are you benching him? Who uh I mean it's hard because nobody probably has two good running backs better than him, but but where does he line up in your in your total rankings this week? Yeah, so I've been dealing with that. I have him in a league and I've been holding on to him because he has looked so much better than Zeke all season. So now he finally gets a, a shot at it. Chicago's without Robert Quinn also. And so their best defensive player is gone. So, um, you know, I have a team where my running backs are Saquon, uh, ETN, uh, Kenneth Walker and Tony Pollard. And I am benching Travis ETN for Tony yeah. Pollard. And so I, I mean, there's other fantasy analysts that I, I love to look at. There's other um, Twitter accounts I love to look at. And like, it's not just one, like multiple uh, fantasy analysts um, in this community have him as the running back one on the week. And I guess we could be considered fantasy analysts at this point, right? You know, we got to give, give ourselves some credit yeah, here. Uh -huh, uh -huh. For sure. But I think, I don't know if I'd take him all the way as the RB one on the week. I could see an outcome where he looking back is the running back one. And I don't know how many running backs have that potential. I think I'm still probably safely starting seven or eight guys over Tony Pollard. Like I, I wouldn't bench, you know, Saquon, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey, Taylor, Taylor, Chubb, Walker. I would bench. I would bench McCaffrey and I would bench Taylor for Tony Pollard. Yeah. I don't know if I could go that far. I, I see. I, would you bench Camara? Yes. I bench Camara, uh, Damian Pierce against Tennessee, Ramadre Stevenson against the Jets. I, I would say if you hadn't already said it, I would say Travis Etienne against Denver, DeAndre Swift against Miami. So that's kind of the, maybe the range. If I'm on the low side, you're on the high side. Maybe that's a good range. If you have Tony Pollard, I think you're probably playing him in your flex position unless you've dealt with some running back injuries. So it might be a good question of like what wide receivers are you starting him over in your flex? I I think there's probably not anyone I would start over Tony Pollard in the flex. If I have two of those top running backs and I have Tony Pollard and I have a one flex or even two flex, I'm putting Tony Pollard in my flex and there's no way he's not playing. Would you start Hopkins or Pollard? Uh, Pollard. Uh, CD Lamb or Pollard? Uh, see, I but I think you're getting in a territory where CD Lamb is in your wide receiver one or two slot, right? He was drafted in the end of the first round, so I, I guess that's that's my point. Is outside of your clear wide receiver one twos who you're playing in your wide receiver position, I'm starting Tony Pollard. I think let's. There's a lot of other more controversial names, so let's let's kind of move on to those. I think. We, we know if we're, if we have Tony Pollard, we're playing him. Uh, Michael Carter against new England is kind of the next guy we wanted to talk about. Um, a lot of consensus rankings have him in the top 20 this week. New England is a good defense, but um, obviously with the breeze hall injury, James Robinson has shown up, but he is either on a limited, very limited count, or he's not expected to play. I saw something about that. So, I think it's kind of wheels up for Michael Carter. Is he a top 20 play for you this week? Uh, I, I think he's a safe RB two. The, the, 
latest report I heard from Sala is the New York Jets head coach. He he said they're going to ride the hot hand um, with running back. And so what I translate that as is you have a guy who's been in the system for two years playing and you have a guy who's not been on the team for two weeks. And so I think the hot hand is going to be the guy who knows the playbook. So I'm playing Carter if I have him. Yeah, I think when Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in football, goes to a new team and barely plays on one of the best offenses, it's hard to imagine a James Robinson, you know, situation where it works better. But we have been wrong on James Robinson a lot in the past, Um, even though things have kind of regressed in our favor the last couple. Were we? Uh, we were short-term wrong, but okay, <laughs> things have regressed a little bit. Um, Okay, Deonta Foreman, uh, are you starting him over Michael Carter? Uh, Yes, I will gladly start Foreman over Carter. Chub is out. Uh, I, I would start Foreman. Panthers have the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you're starting DeAndre Swift over both Michael Carter and Deonta Foreman, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. If he goes off, I'm going to be so mad if he's on my bench. Yeah, Aaron Jones is up there in that category too. There's kind of a tier. We kind of talked about the elite tier with Tony Pollard. You kind of have the Ramondre Stevenson, Aaron Jones, Damian Pierce, ETN, Swift category. I mean, quick question. Like Aaron Jones has the bills. It's a terrible matchup. There's madness happening in green Bay. Would you start him or would you start a really good, um, like Deontay Foreman and a really good matchup? I don't, I don't know if there's a world I can sit Aaron Jones for Deontay Foreman. And I think, I think that's part of your thing with Aaron Jones is you take your lumps. Um, the way that this offense looks right now is not good but historically how green bay has been is aaron Rodgers is enough of a game script proof like play caller and game schemer that even in a really good matchup they aaron jones could still go off for you know 150 and three and you just can't have that on your bench and so i have aaron jones pretty safely above these guys the other guy in that category that i'd like to talk about and maybe we can lump two in for the sake of time is eno benjamin and brian robinson um, you know, Benjamin plays the Minnesota Vikings. James Conner is out. Darrell Williams is questionable. You know, Smith looked good last week. And then Brian Robinson has Indianapolis. Um, there's some trade rumors right now around Antonio Gibson. Um, but Indianapolis also has a pretty good defensive front line. So, I mean, where are you kind of at with those guys? Maybe in, in regards to let's, let's keep the, the relative meter around Michael Carter and Deonta Foreman or you know Benjamin and Brian Robinson this week. Uh I would rank those guys Foreman, Eno, Carter, Robinson. Okay. I'd probably do yeah, Foreman, Eno. Yeah, I I am in the same boat. So that hopefully clears that up. Let's go to wide receivers and we'll circle back to some of those running backs in relation to some of the receivers in a flex position because like it or not that's usually the the most or the maybe the most controversial, hardest to gauge questions is do you start the running back or wide receiver in your flex? They're both, you know, running back 18 versus wide receiver 22. And so let's get into that. Um, wide receivers, I think Tyler Boyd is probably an auto start now with Jamar Chase out. The Bengals have Cleveland. The Bengals offense looks fantastic, although it might not be this way all season. I think you got to ride the wave until, um, until it's out. So He's probably an auto start. Um, I'd say probably top 15 play. Yeah, I would start Boyd over all those middle-tiered running backs we talked about. Over, Would you start uh, Tyler Boyd over 
DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, I'm not ready to go there yet. Um, okay. but still like him. Tyler Boyd against Cleveland or Chris Olave against Vegas with a Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry out. Olave Vegas bleeds points to them. Tyler Boyd versus Cleveland. Gabriel Davis versus Green Bay. I'll take Boyd. Mari Cooper versus Cincinnati or Boyd versus Cleveland. Oh <laughs> man. Uh, uh Mari Cooper. I'm playing Mari Cooper. So that's kind of a uh Tyler Lockett against New York Giants, who it's been a good defense. Or but with DK Metcalf out or Tyler Boyd versus Cleveland. I'm taking Tyler Boyd. Yeah, that's about my line. I'd start Tyler Boyd over Devonta Smith against Pittsburgh, Michael Pittman against Washington, DJ Moore against Atlanta, uh, Deontay Johnson against Philly, Terry McLaurin against Indy. So that maybe is a, a good range for Tyler Boyd if you have him. Are you starting Tyler? We're starting Tyler Boyd over all the running backs, Michael Carter, Foreman, you know, Benjamin, Brian Robinson in a flex, right? Yeah, okay, for sure. Cool. Next guy up is Adam Thielen against Arizona. Where does he rank, uh, I guess, relative to Tyler Boyd? And where does he rank kind of around who are guys around him right now? Let me find Adam Thielen. Well, would you do like Thielen or Brandon Cooks? Uh, Adam Thielen. Interesting. Would you do Thielen or uh, Wandale Robinson? Uh, Thielen, probably. I, I like Wandale, but I'd probably take Thielen. I guess Thielen or Brandon Ayuk against the Rams with Debo possibly out. I would take Ayuk. I think that I think he's going to get some work. Ayuk or Tyler Boyd? Boyd. Okay. Um, Wandale Robinson or Michael Carter? Mm. Wandale. Okay. I think I'm playing Carter there. Um, Brandon Cooks or Michael Carter? Uh, I'm playing Cooks. Are you playing Deonta Foreman over Cooks or Wandale? You had Foreman higher than Mike Carter. I would play, yes, I would play Foreman over both. I think he's going to get the passing work too. What are you doing with Michael Pittman with Sam Ellinger at quarterback? Yeah. I was about to to throw him into a list for you. Um, man, it's hard to know what is going to happen with Sam Ellinger, right? Where I think we're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to watch all of this yeah. game if I can. I'm really curious to see. Obviously, you and I are both Longhorn fans, so uh, it's it's good to see. I guess with Deontay Foreman, too, you know, we got some some Longhorns yep. up there. Uh, but, man, it's hard to bench Pittman. I think I'm benching Pittman for Tyler Boyd. Uh, Adam Agreed. Thielen. I would not. I I would just to see what happens. I... I would play Pittman over Wandale. I play Pittman over Cooks. I play Pittman over a Jerry Judy, a Drake London, a Darnell Mooney. So I just got a notification. Schefter has officially ruled out. Schefter did not rule him out. The 49ers ruled out Debo. Schefter just reported it. So uh, Brandon Ayuk without Debo or Michael Pittman. Oh, Brandon, Brandon Ayuk. I would take Brandon Ayuk. I'd probably play Brandon Ayuk over Tyler Boyd. Not probably, I would. He's the one in the offense. Tyler Boyd's still the two. And uh, so that kind of puts that rocket ships Brandon Ayuk for me this week. Um I did would, we already talk about did we already talk about Pittman versus Foreman? We did not, but you you had put 
I think the way you did it was Michael Carter was below Foreman and you had Michael Carter over Thielen and Thielen was above Pittman. So that's probably confusing for the listeners, but I deducted it to where you were going to play Foreman over Pittman. Did, did I make that assumption correct? I would play, I, I would play Foreman over Pittman. Yeah, yes. That was what I thought. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I guess maybe the listeners. So Johnson Foreman over Michael Carter, over you know Benjamin, and then we kind of have on the wide receivers Tyler Boyd, who kind of slots in above those running backs. Adam Thielen, who probably slots in under Jonta Foreman above Michael Carter, you know Benjamin. Yep. And then after that, Michael Carter and Pittman are kind of close. Brandon Cooks is down there. Um, so just a little bit of a, a lay of the land. I think it it's a lot of information, but it's helpful whenever you're Sunday morning looking at your start sits. Um, would you play Marquise Goodwin against New York over any of the guys we've talked about so far today? Absolutely not. Okay. Let's move on then real quick to quarterbacks and let's close this thing out. Um, some streaming options this week that maybe or maybe not are on your waiver wire, but Tua is the golden goose. If he's there, yeah. So I'm really concerned about Tua this week. It's um, Detroit. I know, I know, I know, but he's had one good game realistically. And so I know there's been some injuries. I'm just, I would play him. I would play him over pretty much everybody. All the big names I would not. Um, Tom Brady's already out. I mean, Tua, taking Tua over Kirk Cousins versus Arizona? Yes, I would play Tua. Yeah, Tua or Dak Prescott versus Chicago. I would play Tua for ceiling. I don't think that Dak I'm, has the ceiling with Chicago. I'm playing Dak. I think I think there's points in that Chicago game that Dak's got to get. Uh, Geno Smith versus the Giants or Tua Tagovailoa against the Detroit Lions. Uh, I would play Tua. Uh, I'm I am there is a world where Geno cannot get the job done without DK um, playing. Yeah, very true. Uh, another hot name right now, Daniel Jones versus Seattle or Tua Tagovailoa against Detroit. Give me Tua. Okay. So that kind of shows where Tua's at. Let's kind of talk, I mean, Kirk Cousins or against Arizona or Dak Prescott against Chicago. Uh, I would play Dak in that situation, but I don't mind Cousins this week. I don't, I don't mind Daniel Jones this week either. I don't mind Dan. I don't mind Carr either this week. I mean, New Orleans secondary okay. hasn't looked great. Rank Derek Carr versus New Orleans, Dak Prescott and Chicago, Kirk Cousins against Arizona. Dak, Cousins, Carr. But they're close. Carr and yeah. Cousins are close. And Geno Smith and Daniel Jones are safely behind Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, and Dak Prescott. If I have Geno and I don't want to drop anyone, I don't mind playing Geno. I'm just I'm saying that there's a there is legitimately a world where he's gonna finish with 13 points. Yeah. Are you playing Jared Goff against Miami or Jimmy Garoppolo against the Rams over any of the names? I guess Derek Carr, Cousins, Prescott, Geno Smith, or Daniel Jones? No. Um, I don't think that I don't think Goff has the weaponry and I I'm just kind of out on Jimmy G this Jared, Jared Goff has all his guys healthy. DJ Chark's on IR, and so is Jameson. Yeah, but he's got Amon Ra, Hawkinson, and Swift. I think those are the those are the main guys there. Yeah, I mean, and Josh Reynolds isn't, but yeah, he's, okay. Um, I'd play Jared Goff over Geno Smith and 
probably Kirk Cousins just for the upside, but I understand how you wouldn't. Um, maybe as somebody to good to stash, uh, if Trevor Lawrence somehow has hit your waiver wire, he is playing Denver, and it's not going to be good. So if he's somehow there or someone has dropped him prematurely, pick him up. He's a good matchup in week nine. Same with Justin Fields. He's playing Dallas this week, but he's had a rushing floor the last couple of weeks. He The Bears haven't put it together, but Justin Fields has. Yeah. So if they have a really good matchup again in week nine, so those are Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. If you look ahead, there's some big bye weeks in week nine. So um, maybe just precautionarily add those if you can. Braden, is there any other stashes before we head out of here? Just going into next week, it's always good to kind of stash someone else's handcuff if they are on waivers, uh, one of your opponent's running backs handcuffs. Just you don't want to cheer for injury, but if it happens, you want to be ahead of the curve. Any of those guys you're looking at this week? Uh, really only one handcuff I can think of specifically. I, he's probably not out there in a lot of leagues, but Khalil Herbert. You know, Khalil Herbert's look better than Montgomery. Uh, in fact, over the last like four weeks, uh, Herbert has led the bears in rushing fields has been second and Montgomery has been third. And so, uh, there's a chance Montgomery gets traded, which would make Herbert huge. So, um, he's someone that I would stash, um, just a a few other guys briefly is I think you may want to grab Christian Watson before this week. Um, Romeo Dobbs has lost all trust. Alan Lazard is out. Um, Tunyon has not looked great. And so there's, there's room for Watson. Um, and so there's always a chance for that, but also just be stashing guys who have been rumored to be traded at the trade deadline. Mike Kosicki has been rumored to be traded. He's athletic enough. He could make an impact wherever he goes. Uh, Dearness Johnson, I would stash him possibly with Kareem hunt, possibly being traded. Um, and then Cam Akers. Cam Akers is probably going to be on the move or he's going to be released. And so yeah. be thinking about that too. Yeah, the only other two guys I would add, I agree with the Deanerch Johnson just because there's rumors about him being traded and there's rumors about Kareem Hunt being traded. And in either situation, I think Deanerch Johnson gets an upgrade. The other two I'm going to add are Chiefs running backs. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, if somehow he's there, the Chiefs are on by this week. So somebody might have had to clear roster space and he was named the starter. Granted, it didn't feel like he was the starter last week. The other one on the Chiefs still would be Jerick McKinnon. I think with the Isaiah Pacheco news last week, that just shows that there's a lot of chaos in that backfield right now. And Jerick McKinnon has proven to be the pass catching running back. And so I think if somebody has dropped him or he is there and you have a spot, I think he's a good speculative ad. I think if, if there's an upside play in that offense, Jerick McKinnon is probably it. Um, so I, maybe if you, you know, you have a Romeo Dobbs or an Alec Pearson, they're just kind of sitting there. Just go ahead and add one of these guys and just see what the news happens. Cause chiefs run a long week with the bye, and, um, you never know what they're, what they're doing behind closed doors. So we could get breaking news, you know, come Monday of next week that something happens. So that'd be my last advice, but, um, Brynn, I think that might be it. You got one last thing to say before we get out of here. Uh, we're halfway through the season. Start watching those bye weeks. Start trading for people who um, have already been through their buys. If you need to um, buy, buy, no pun intended, wins right now, um, I'm having to do that in a league. And there's other leagues where if you're six and one or five and two, you can start trying to trade for Jamar Chase and stash him for playoffs. But yeah. just do what, do what your team needs right now. Yeah. If you're, a, if you're in a good place, go try to trade for Jamar Chase. Go try to trade for Hollywood Brown. 
J.K. Dobbins even on the cheap. So just be on the lookout for those guys. And, uh, yeah, well, Braden, it's been fun. We uh, will be back next Wednesday from our, our Tuesday uh, kind of recap of the weekend. And, yeah, good luck, everyone, and uh, we'll see you on the other side of this week. So have a good weekend and see ya. Your time is valuable, and we thank you for sharing a little of it with the average pros. For more clear, concise, and competitive analysis, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AverageProsFF. That's at AverageProsFF. Editing and production by Jonathan Rates. Voiceover by Ben Johnson. Music by Josh Lippy and the Overtimers. We'll catch you at the next one.